Introduction. What is lean? Perhaps the best way to answer this question is by contrasting a non-lean thinker to a lean thinker. A non-lean thinker is someone who looks at any process and says, it's good enough. They see problems and defects as inevitabilities and part of every process. A lean thinker is in pursuit of perfection. The methodology they use in this pursuit is daily continuous improvement. This single activity provides tectonic power for everyone who embraces it. They view problems and defects as the roadmap to nirvana, relentlessly chipping away at your problems every day, and heaven is on the other side. In short, are you a good enough person or a daily continuous improvement person? The answer to this question will determine the relevance of this book to you. The definition of lean is doing more with less. If you are allotted one hour to do something, the lean thinker will get twice as much done in half the time. Then because continuous improvement is their passion, the next time they will do it in a quarter of the time and improve the quality in the process. They do this in the strictest sense by first identifying value-added and non-value-added activity. Next, they eliminate all the non-value-added activity, which is referred to as waste. In reality, lean thinking is a really simple concept kindergarten simple. There are the red building blocks and there are the green building blocks. Boys and girls, we're building with the green blocks. Red blocks are waste and the green blocks are value. By eliminating the waste out of every process, you reveal the value-added activity, which is almost always a very small percentage of any process. Value-added activity is anything you do that changes or directly improves the product or desired outcome. For example, you're looking to put a screw into the drywall to hang a picture. You walk into the garage to look for the screw gun, screws, pencil, tape measure, and a stepladder. All of that is non-value-added activity because you haven't changed anything. The moment the screw starts to penetrate the drywall, that's value added, and that will take approximately one to two seconds. Most people would probably spend upwards of five minutes getting the tools if they were lucky. All this effort to deliver one or two seconds of value added activity, a screw on the wall to hang the picture. In addition, you would spend another three to five minutes cleaning up and putting everything away. Of course, if you don't clean up, then you are just going to create even more non-value-added activity for future projects as you search for your misplaced tools. Yes, and of course, you will probably do a great deal to irritate the hell out of your spouse because your stuff is everywhere. Now, I'm being generous if you could hang a picture in about eight minutes. Most of us would be lucky to get it done in 30 minutes, and I'm sure at least one or two arguments would ensue along the way. As you can see, the vast majority of the activity most of us perform every day is non-value-added activity. Plain and simple. Could you imagine having in your garage a nice little tool tote with all the basic screws, glue, hammer, screwdrivers, and essential tools neatly arranged so all you have to do is walk into the garage, grab the tool kit, walk to the room, drive the nail or screw, and return the tool kit to its prescribed place? All of this taking only a minute or two. 
This is a lean process. This is lean thinking. If you're a lean thinker, you're a long-term thinker. You're not thinking about the inconvenience of creating the tool tote. You're thinking about the benefits that the tool tote will give you over the course of your lifetime. Basically, I believe we spend a lot of the time we are allotted in this life spinning our wheels, whether it be answering emails, cleaning the bathroom, calling to make a doctor's appointment, preparing a meal, or most importantly, building and supporting the relationships with the people we love. Most of it is actually non-value-added activity. Why is so much time wasted? Therein lies the secret. You must slow down to go fast. For 99% of the people on this planet, this is totally counterintuitive. At my company, FastCap, we spend the first hour of every day cleaning, making improvements, meeting as a team before we ever work. We do this without fail and we haven't missed for 12 years. Essentially, we are slowing down and preparing to work effectively. In the game of life, we should be executing a clear plan and a thoughtful strategy. The second something is not working, we need to slow down, stop, and ask why. One of the most notable features of the Toyota production system in lean manufacturing is something called the Andon cord. There is a simple rope that hangs above all team members assembling the car. At any time, if the team member senses any problem, small or big, they pull the rope and it stops the entire assembly line. At this time, a light flashes red or yellow and a team lead comes running to assist the team member. The philosophy behind this practice is, it is better to stop the line and not produce defects than continue on and not deal with the problem. It's a problems first mentality. If you deal with the problems now, it's more than likely you won't have to deal with them multiple times and you eliminate tremendous amounts of non-value added activity in the future. You become a future thinker instead of a present thinker. Slow down now and you can go faster in the future. This is the essence of this book. Slow down. Make a very careful evaluation of who you are and where you're going and the rest will take care of itself. Lean thinking seeks to eliminate the waste most of us tolerate and create every day. It's really a pretty simple idea. Who wants to spin their wheels and have nothing to show for all your effort? Well, in the realm of everyday life and relationships, for many of us, it's time to pull the on-don. This book charts the activity around me pulling my on-don and what I learned when I slowed down to fix my problems. As a lean thinker, the idea of having a deep respect for people and resources is of paramount importance. However, much of our life is flitting from one mistake to the next without being reflective of the time we have wasted, let alone the physical resources. Time is a finite resource, and at age 58, I have become alarmingly aware of the passage of time. If you really want to see non-value activity, just think about a trip to see the doctor. Most everything that is involved is waste. In most cases, the doctor looks at you for about five minutes and makes the determination as to what the problem is in the treatment that will be prescribed. Calling to make the appointment, 
filling out the paperwork, giving your home address for the hundredth time, sitting in the waiting room, walking into the examination office, sitting and waiting more time for the doctor to arrive, checking out, paying, then driving home is all waste. The value-added activity for going to the doctor's office is to determine what is wrong with you. That takes the doctor about five minutes. But to be honest, the doctor probably knew that within 60 seconds of speaking with you. Here is a quick and very humorous example. Just recently, I got a comprehensive physical, and the doctor was reviewing all my blood work and the results line by line. When he got to my prostate score, the doctor showed me the results. I asked the doctor, What do I need to do to lower that or get a more favorable score? Without even a moment's hesitation, he looked at me, flashed a grin from ear to ear and said, use it. No, I'm not going to tell you what my score is. A quick review of the eight wastes. All of these wastes can generally be found in most everything we do. In essence, waste is robbing you of your valuable time on this earth. Worse yet, it almost always adds complexity while simultaneously sucking the joy and happiness right out of you. You might as well jump on the proverbial hamster wheel because you're spinning round and round getting nowhere. If you really want to be on the cutting edge and be remarkable in everything you do, consider applying it to your daily life. The thoughtful individual that becomes keenly aware of these wastes and can spot them at the drop of a hat has the greatest shot at having a very effective and satisfying life. Here are the eight wastes regarding relationships as explained to me by my good friend LJ. Number one, overproduction. I piss my wife off because I'm not really listening very closely to her and she overproduces a bunch of negative emotions. Number two, transportation. She transports those to every room of the house, and it doesn't matter where I go, she finds me in the garage and tells me what a bum I am. Number three, inventory. She holds them in inventory for the next week and a half, and it's a real pain in the ass. Number four, defects. I try to console her and explain to her why I screwed up so badly, but that only makes it worse. Now I'm a double asshole. Number five, over-processing. I jump in the car and try to figure out where I could possibly buy something, flowers, candy, chocolate, candles, anything to get me out of the doghouse. Number six, motion. I suck at wrapping gifts. It takes me four times longer to wrap the gift that my wife would have done in 30 seconds. Number seven, waiting. My woodworking project has now been on hold for over three days while I try to fix my screw-up. And number eight, Unused human potential. My wife has always been convinced of my unused potential, but now I'm even convinced of it. Nothing but red blocks. So in case you were wondering how the eight ways might possibly apply to your home life and your relationships, I hope it is now abundantly clear. And Greg retorted to me, my sound engineer, as I was reading this, he said, and this is LJ's story, right? It's not yours. I said, Greg, it's every man's story. And Greg chuckled and laughed. I know nothing. (laughs) Back on script. There are three more concepts we must understand. Murai is the Japanese word which means burden or to be heavily weighted down. This is often seen in relationships when we buy too much stuff and create financial stress. In addition, we then have too many things that require our attention to manage. It is important to note that we created this burden ourselves and invited Murai to come home and live with us. 
Mura is the Japanese word for unevenness. When things go up and down, which could easily manifest itself in emotional tension, which produces voluminous amounts of the eight ways. We see this when the man doesn't pick up his socks or underwear, causing the spouse to go into orbit. And that's not a heavenly orbit. The value-added activity was the four seconds it would have taken him to pick up after himself in respect for his wife. The thinking man would have remained in the lover role and not thrust his wife back and forth between the roles of lover, maid, and mother. Lots of unevenness and lots of waste. The lack of a four-second act of consistency and respect on the man's part produced an afternoon of tension and attitude. Muda is the Japanese word for waste. If you have burden and unevenness in your relationships, you're going to have mountains of muda or waste. Instead of having a relationship filled with joy and tenderness, you might as well be the producer, director, and actor of a daily show. I am amazed at the applications of lean to the typical relationships. When you see what we've done and you see how it applies, it's almost hard to believe the parallels. For me personally, I find this very interesting because I'm lucky enough to have significant financial success. I can have just about anything I desire. I went down the path of having a lot in great abundance. Unknowingly, all of this inventory and overproduction created burden. Not because I couldn't afford it, but because I had to manage it. And it distracted me from the things that were really important, like my relationship with my wife. Because my eyes were off the ball managing all my stuff, Murai moved in with all the burden of managing and keeping track of these things. I then further complicated my life by shifting a lot of this responsibility to my wife. So now she was also burdened by Murai, moving in with her. Now we all had sufficient burden, making sure the cars, the planes, the quads were all registered and in compliance, the houses, taxes, and insurance payments were all being paid, and on and on and on. Combine that with running a growing business, that didn't leave much time to relax and have a latte at Starbucks together. That consciously or subconsciously aggravated both of us because we were tired, out of time, and before long, Mura moved in with all its volatility and unevenness. So now that we have all these unwanted guests living in our house, let's get started with lean life. The one thing. You have some unwanted house guests. <laughs>